What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to Unofficial Therapy Podcast. This is Chris Kane, and I hope you guys are safe and getting through it. I know we're right in the middle of the quarantine or at the beginning for some people, and I know people are struggling, man. I've been talking to family. I've been on social media. I know what the game is. There's a lot of people kind of going crazy. Some people are happy for the break. If you have the means to actually take the time off, then enjoy that. Like, I think that's an amazing thing to do. We don't often get a chance to just, like, chill out. So if you get a chance to chill out and your money's okay, please take advantage of it, especially if you have your family nearby. As you guys know, I don't. So I don't have the luxury of just hanging out at Auntie's house or having kids over or whatever. But if you do and, you know, everybody's safe and healthy and all that, then really enjoy this time, man. I don't know when we get a time like this other than holiday seasons to really kind of get into it. So think of this as a mini holiday. If you can, if money is an an issue, then it might be time to hustle. There are a lot of places hiring. I I don't work for these places, but I know like CVS and like, you know, Walgreens and I think these Amazon type companies are doing stuff. And if you need it that bad, then I would get on it as early as you can because they need people. And if you feel healthy and you're willing to I guess put yourself on the line and keep your bills afloat, then do that, man. Because we need people to still be working during this time. We need the economy to kind of do what it's doing. I am on break like you guys. I work at a gym, so my job is not one I can just go back to. We're trying to do the virtual thing. I'm writing programs for people. So, you know, I'm in that bag. It's very different. I'll, I'll be honest, it's very different when you're accustomed to seeing, you know, X number of people a day, just interacting with people face to face and training virtually or writing a program and then not being there to be with the, the whole experience is very awkward. It's, I'm trying to think of something that's equivalent to it. It would be like describing a sexual encounter with somebody versus you actually doing it. Now you can kind of get a picture of it. Like, oh, this is what a squat looks like. And this is what a push up looks like. But when you're actually like in it, just hits a little different you know so that's why i'm here i wanted to give you guys some entertainment um like most of you i've been posting and on social media way more than i like to be as you guys know notoriously i don't like social media it's not one of my favorite things in the world and during the week i can kind of get away with it especially during a, a regular work week i'm around people i got comedy it's easy to just to not really be involved with it i found myself going down many rabbit holes that i'm not happy about I'm like, oh, who's this chick? And then like nine minutes later, I'm like, oh, God, (laughs) I got to step my life game up. This is not good. But I have been posting a lot more because I have a lot of old content that I don't even know if it's good or not. I'll be honest. Some of it I think is solid, but we just didn't have an outlet for it. And some of it is probably just recycled and what have you. But when people are in the house and they're kind of going stir crazy, anything that can make them smile, anything that can make them laugh, I think that's beautiful. And so I'm putting it out there and... You know, if it hits people the right way, then I'm all for it. I think I posted a video that got the most views of any video I've ever put out. And I posted it, I don't know, maybe three years ago. Maybe longer, maybe four years ago in Miami. And it probably got like 25 views back then because I had like eight followers. And I posted it now and it got like almost 400. And I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm balling. Again, 400 by real social media metrics, nothing. It's basically like 
28 seconds for most Instagram model chicks. But for me, that was that was gold. I felt I felt like I, was, I had made it. I was like, I, once it went to like went over 100 views in like the first like 20 minutes. I was like, yo, is this what viral looks like? And then it just slowed down because I'm not viral or famous. But I did take a little bit of patting myself on the back. I didn't even change the video. I literally just reposted it. No new captions, no new fonts. Just put it back out to the people. And I think I'll do that going forward until I run out of content because I haven't really shot anything new. And, you know, I can't post comedy clips because the new stuff I'm working on is not clean yet. And plus, I don't want it to be out in the streets where it could possibly get poached. I still want to do my 30-minute special at the end of June. So can't put that information out there. Um, what have you guys been up to during the break? I'll, I'll be honest. I have watched more Netflix than I feel good about. <laughs> like most of you guys, I've, I've watched the show uh, You, which every girl I know has been telling me to watch for some time now, since season one, I guess. And when they described it to me, nothing about it intrigued me. I'm like, I don't got to watch this. This sounds like some, this is made for women. This is not made for me. But there I was in quarantine and chill mode watching, I don't even know what you call it, a drama, psycho killer kind of situation. All that stuff is part of it. It's definitely a drama, but there's some funny elements to it. There's definitely a lot of people dying too. So, and then I finished it two seasons and like, I don't know, four or five days. I was like, oh boy, this is unhealthy. <laughs> so I got to do better. And then I got caught, I got caught up watching this whole Tiger King special or documentary. And it's the number one, it's the number one thing on Netflix right now, which is absolutely hilarious because there's so much quality programming on Netflix normally, like from new stand-up specials to Oscar-winning movies to comedies, all this stuff on Netflix. And the number one trending thing is this, this damn Tiger, man. This Tiger King documentary. It is, it's ridiculous. Um, I'm supposed to have Marvin call in during the podcast, and I wanted to talk about it with him, so maybe I'll talk about it a little bit now, and then when he gets on, we'll hop back on it. It is an absolute train wreck. And I'm not going to lie, I couldn't stop watching. I couldn't take my eyes off it. I know a lot of you have seen the memes with the guy with the mullet, Land with two other dudes, land with like eight tigers. You've seen them. You've seen the memes. You probably like, what's this dude about? And it's ridiculous as those, as those memes are. The show is even more ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. This dude is awesome. I don't know why he exists. I feel like it's like a comic book character, but apparently this is just Joe Exotic, man. What a champion! And he's in jail. But you know that from the first episode. They they tell you like he's making a phone call from jail. You don't know how he gets there, but you know he's there. And, uh, yeah, I, I watched the whole this thing is seven episodes. I watched all seven. No regrets. <laughs> I stayed up one night. It's like 1.30 in the morning. I was like, I need to go to sleep. But also, I got to know what Joe's up to, baby. And there I was, watching more Joe Exotic at 1 in the morning in my room. Just, this is my life. This <laughs> is this is my life it was it's a ridiculous show but i'm happy i watched it because now i can i get the memes i get what people are talking about because before i was like this show's dumb and i usually try to be like a contrarian about a lot of that stuff like i don't watch stuff when it pops on netflix unless 
I get it from real sources. Like, yeah, hey, man, you gotta check this out. It's great. But if it's just like something like, like I didn't watch Bird Box and all that kind of stuff, like, because everybody was talking about it, I'm like, so they just can't talk or whatever. I don't want to see this. I encourage you to watch Tiger King, though. It's gonna be ridiculous. You're gonna laugh, but I I encourage people to watch it just to get that off. I think part of this this break has put a lot of things into perspective, though. Um, like what you think, what you deem is important. Reconnecting with people, I think, is the most important part. Like I've had conversations with like, everybody in my family, and I'm not the most communicative person, even though I'm on a podcast now trying to communicate with you guys in general. I, you know, I hit people up every so often. I follow stuff. I repost stuff. You know, I'm I'm that guy. Not not big on the phone. Never have been. And it's not something I feel good about. I've mentioned it to you guys before. I haven't worked really to change it yet. So as much as I don't feel good about it, it hasn't. I haven't reached that bottom portion of it yet, where I actually have to like bounce off and come back up. But during this whole ordeal. I've talked to a lot more people on the phone. I have reconnected with like cousins. I've talked to my you know siblings, of course, like parents, keeping them in the loop. And it is, as like knock on wood, everybody in my family is so far is good. I don't know like even cousins. I got a ton of family members, so you know I have a lot of people that are at risk. I'm sure even a couple have the corona. They just haven't you know had symptoms. Or they haven't, you know, gotten hospitalized yet. But between the 14, 15 aunties and uncles and 50 cousins, how many cousins I have. As of now, everybody seems to be on their best behavior. So, And they seem to be healthy. So I'm blessed about that. I'm keeping in contact. Like, hey, guys, take your vitamins. I've sent some vitamins back home. Like, take your vitamins. Don't be reckless. Don't be dumb. Stay inside. That whole thing. But... It's made me long to be, like, around them more. And all my family is back in Florida for the most part. And I was just thinking the idea that, yeah, quarantining sucks. Not having money sucks if you need money to do stuff, like we all do. But the idea that if I could be around my nieces and nephews, and, I like, I know I'm healthy and I'm around them and I'm getting them sick and stuff, and just to, like, be around them for, like, consecutive days and play with them, be around my siblings. I know we're all older now, but we don't just get to hang out except during holiday season for real. And even then, I'm, it doesn't feel normal because it's a holiday. If I'm there on Thanksgiving, it's two or three days of, hey, what's up, bro? What's up, sis? Whatever. We get fat. <laughs> and then I'm back out of there. Like it doesn't, it's like taking a, a field trip. And so I've realized a little bit more that. I'm seeing all these people be like, oh, man, stuck in the house with my favorite people. And I'm just like, nah, I'm a little salty. I'm happy for these people that you get to have that. But also, you know, you're kind of longing for it. And then also getting into your creativity back. I've made to-do lists every day. And this is something, this is not high-level adulting. You should be having a to-do list pretty much every day. I don't, it's not that hard. You can, there's there's literally a to-do list on your phone. You can just put it on your phone. I decided to get a dry erase board so I can write it and see it and, like, you know, scratch them out, erase them, that whole thing. And it has made me more productive about things I normally don't do. Again, my normal job, I wake up at 5 or 6 in the morning, gone for 
12-ish hours, come home, probably do comedy, come back home. I'm not home long enough to really do a lot of little stuff. And my clients are on a schedule, so I don't have to have a to-do list necessarily. I know I'm going to train these clients. I have a, ca- have a calendar. And then I usually want to do a show, but I, I know in advance what mics I want to do. So maybe I have an unofficial to-do list. But during this time, it's been even simple stuff. Do laundry, fold towels, you know, um, follow up with this credit card company. All these little, like, kind of checklist things. As much as we're all kind of stuck inside and a little bit stir-crazy and, man, I wish I can go do stuff. There's so many little things that we just haven't done. And I'm sure if you just really, like, start writing stuff down, like, oh, yeah, I should probably, you know, switch that policy over or... Maybe you, like, I'm looking to switch my phone over at some point. Because I've had Sprint this whole time, and they're fine, I guess. But I definitely feel like I'm paying too much for my phone. But I never sat and, like, let me look at other options, other policies. Can I talk to them? What is it I can reduce in my plan? That may take an hour or two because their website is not the easiest to manage. And also trying to get somebody on the phone now is virtually impossible. So it's little stuff like that. Like I, like, I switched my internet over this week. This whole time we've been talking, I've been doing these podcasts. I've had the same. I've had, I've had AT&T as an internet provider. And they are okay. They're better if you live in certain areas. My area, not great. And this is not for me. This is from them. The people came over and was like, hey, you know, you have as much service as you can get. It's <laughs> like, well, this isn't good. It's like, well, maybe you want to switch. And this is from the dude who works for the company. So I am thankful that he was honest about it because he could have just been like, well, you know, you can't, you just can't get better. And he could have just been out and I would have had to believe him. I don't know how connections work. I don't work for internet people, but he just told me straight up, you're, what you're paying, you can probably pay the same amount and get better. And so we had to wait and schedule and do all that stuff, but we switched everything over and now things are working faster. Now I can post more to YouTube. Now I can upload these audios way more efficiently and it's something i should have done at least two months ago i started calling at&t two months ago trying to switch things over they're like well what can you be home and i was like well you know i work during the day i said well we stopped doing calls at six i'm saying well i don't get off work until seven and then the days i do get off early they give you that window of time and then they don't come the way they're supposed to and then last time it canceled you guys have all been through this before they give you a four-hour window and either come like five minutes into the window or come in the last five. They don't come like in the middle. And so I've been dealing with this the whole time. And it was like, this needs to be done at some point. You shouldn't be, it's hard to be cooped up and have inefficient internet. Because you can't be Netflixing while being on your computer or while texting people. This is what most of us are doing right now. And imagine doing that at like 10 megs. And I'm not a super tech dude, but I know that that's a small number. <laughs> that's, not, that's, not, that's basically nothing so that kind of thing and also this is uh, a lot of chance to get back to like writing more which is something I should have I've been getting back into actually prior to all this like, the last week before the quarantine I started getting back into the writing a little bit more because it's easy to just ignore you get caught up in life you get busy and you just don't do it it takes a lot of time to get into the mental space to write, even if I set time apart every day to write. Some days you, you sit down, you feel like Hemingway. You're like, oh, I got it. Like you got the little quill and you're just, whew, just crushing the game, right? And then some days you sit down, you look at a page 
for half an hour. And you're like, the, the, the? Oh, man, how do I was get this started? And you're just looking at the page, and you feel like you're wasting your time. And you're not. That's just the process. You know, no one has it all the time. But you have to put the time into it. Like, if you if you sit down every day for an hour to write, you may only write for real, for real. I don't know, half of those days, maybe even a third of those days. But that's still a few hours of writing. But if you only sit down once or twice in a week, and then one of those days you just don't bring it, then that means you only really wrote for like one of the two days. So just the idea that I'm going to be more intentional about trying to write, looking at the pages, being honest about the scripts, because once you write something, you feel like, oh, this is great. And you take some time apart, and you come back with fresh eyes, and you're like, oh, that diction is trash. That's not believable. Um, This needs to be punched up more. This needs to be expanded more. You start looking at it a little bit more freshly, and it gets better, or supposed to, anyway. (laughs) You could just go and start rewriting stuff, and it turns out horribly, but you just, you hope. The process is what the process is. But that's been something I've been getting into. I wrote the script. It's a very short script, maybe five pages. So maybe it's a skit more than a script called uh, Black Love. That when I wrote it at the time, I had a few people read it and I thought, dude, this is gold. This is ready to be packaged up and put out in these streets. And I really, it was, I felt really good about it because I got good responses from it. Because even if it wasn't perfect, the point got across pretty well. And it's an easy read. It's supposed to be family friendly. So it's not something that's overly deep in terms of like the content matter of like, what's the motivation? Like it's pretty self-explanatory. But I hadn't looked at that script in at least a year, maybe a year and a half. And so I went back to retype it because the the way I originally typed it wasn't available for like PDF. So I couldn't like send it out. It was whatever. It was a janky technology I was using. You know, I don't do technology well. And so I rewrote it. And as I was reading it out loud and going through it, I realized some of the sentences were running on. Some of the diction was off. Um, one of the characters didn't make as much sense as I thought it did initially. And this is all in five pages. So it's not nearly enough to have glaring mistakes. And so I started like adjusting some things, shortening some sentences, making things seem more believable, more, I don't know, readable, if that makes sense. And so a skit that I thought was golden a year and a half ago, like I was looking into <laughs> looking into how do, I, how do I distribute a book through Amazon? I had gotten really ahead of myself because I think the story within the skit is good. But when I went back to it, I was like, okay, cool. I needed to take that, maybe not that much time off from it, but some time off. And now it's a lot more clean. It's a lot more punched up. It's formatted a lot better because when I first wrote it the formatting was awful there was no spacing between the character and their line so I had to go through it line by line and like <laughs> reformat everything it was it was messy for lack of a better term it was messy but now it's a lot more clean and I also wrote this is I don't know if this idea even makes any sense so I'll just put it out there to you guys so when you're trying to act or whatever, be in movies, that whole thing. If they don't know who you are, they always ask for some kind of reel. 
just some video of you doing acting. So if you want to do something dramatic for the role you're going for, they usually want to see a dramatic reel. It makes sense. Let's, let us see you doing something dramatic so we can know if you can handle it or not. Ultimately, you still have to do, um, not interviews, auditions. Though. So even if my reel is tremendous, they still want me to come in and still read and do all that stuff. Even if I do a self-tape, it's some level of uh, auditioning. And so because I haven't been in a bunch of stuff because I'm not like really an actor, I'm just trying to figure it all out. My reel is pretty basic. I'm mostly doing comical stuff, even though I feel like, for me, <laughs> I can do more dramatic stuff. I just haven't had the chance to. So if I went out for a role and said, where's your dramatic reel? I'll be like, just trust me, man. <laughs> I don't have anything. And so what I decided to do was write a series of what I guess you would deem like a monologue type thing, but not that it would be like a scene of a fictional script that on its own merits can be read, rehearsed, and performed without having to know anything else about the story. So I'll give you an example because that sounds, I didn't explain that well. So for example, I wrote this mini sketch audition piece uh, for two friends, two guy friends. One friend is just been dumped by a woman he cared deeply for. And he needed to vent to his friends. But his main venting friends, because we all have them, friends that we call in a crisis and that kind of thing, his main venting friends weren't around. And so his like second level friend, a guy he normally just hangs out with, that's the guy who's available to actually come through. So he's venting to him about the relationship. He's talking to him. And the other friend is not qualified to be in this conversation, at least on the face. He said, listen, dude, I'm the drunk friend. I don't know anything about emotional intelligence. I don't know anything about how to, as a human, as a well-adjusted person, deal with a breakup. I just say, hey, man, on to the next one. Go to the bar. Woo. So it's that, it's that kind of thing. But that dynamic between those comes out in the script, in this very short script, where even during their you know, three-page conversation, the non-equipped friend makes a couple of remarks and he gets chastised for it. Like, man, why are you being so like flippant about this? This is my life. And he's like, I'm not qualified for this, bro. I'm this. And they go back and forth a little bit. And by the end of it, the non-equipped friend start. he learns on the fly. He's learning how to be this kind of friend, but he's doing it by asking questions like, how do you want this conversation to go? What do you need from me? Do you want me to be a sounding board? Do you want me to give you my feedback? Like, how do you want this to go? And so the emotional friend is really pulling him out of this space that he's in where he's just like, I don't know anything about emotional intelligence. He's almost like force feeding him emotional intelligence. Like, I need you to listen to me and be there for me, but don't coddle me or whatever. And so throughout the conversation, again, this is only a few pages, they both get something from the experience. The one friend who just came over to console was like nervous to come over because he didn't know if he would say the right thing only to find out during a conversation it's not necessarily a right or wrong thing to say it's kind of what your energy is when you're there the fact that you showed up alone is good you gave him a sounding board and then as the conversation progressed the next questions the next way of counseling the next way of talking through it became more apparent you ask a question you get a response if you're listening well the next question seems more obvious 
And so by the end of it, he's like, oh, okay, I'm not that bad at being this friend. I'm not as good as the other friends we have, but just from going through this experience with me and for you being patient with me on this end, you've made me a better friend, but also you helped me through some stuff that maybe I didn't know I could go through. So it's short, it's sweet. It's, I guess, a little bit deeper than I led from the premise, but I feel like for both characters, because two people have to read for this, obviously. If you were the really emotional friend, then yeah, that shows more emotional range, but it's still dramatic. And if you're the other friend, you show slight growth and improvement during this ordeal. And it can probably be done in a couple minutes. And you can cut little excerpts from it, what have you. But I think it's not a bad idea. And the goal was to write a series of these. So this is just two friends. Um, I had a premise for two sisters, like going through it. One sister was like the the golden child, one's the black sheep, and then their roles switch in a moment. They had to talk about what it's like to live in the shadow of your sister, but still like look up to them at the same time, but also resent them. Because that's a very real thing. If you have siblings, and I have four, and a lot of you have siblings too, there's usually one that stands out. There's one that's like the favorite, and then there's the other one. If you're the only child, I'm sorry, you can't I guess, participate in this. Maybe you're all these things. But if you have siblings, then you know what it's like. And so the idea that I look up to my brother, I look up to my sister, but I resent them because they're getting the shine and the glory that I don't get, and I want to be what is. I want to be where they are. I want to be the golden child. I want the parents to, you know, trust me more than maybe I deserve to be trusted, so I can show them I'm worthy of it. But I never got the chance to, and I haven't written a script out yet. But that's that dynamic. And then there's like a couple other ones. But the goal would be to write these pieces for people, and then ultimately film them, like. Not just give the script to people, hey, take a script. You can be the brother. You can be the sister, whatever. It's to actors, actresses, people I know, people who are on the come up, people who are trying to do this. Just be like, hey, do you need, what kind of reel do you need? Oh, I need something funny. Okay. These are my funny scripts. Do any of these kind of speak to you a little bit? I said, oh, I like the one with the siblings that that I can get into that. Or... The relationship is the one that's for like relationship one where a couple's breaking up but they're still together and they're getting ready to go to bed and they don't they've been talking around the issues in their relationship and now they're just they just have the conversation about how we fell apart about where the love is about what their future is it's a very real conversation anyone who's been there before i have <laughs> it's it's weird when you're with somebody and you know it's kind of ending, but you don't, neither one wants to be the one to pull it. And that's kind of, I guess, the outlook of the script. But again, the goal would be to have all these ready, maybe like six to 10 options. And I'm guessing they're over the next month since we're still quarantined. I should be able to at least write drafts of all these. It probably takes some time to clean them up and have people give me their feedback and yada yada. But have them as drafts and then clean them up and then just have people come to the house and shoot it or, you know, go to their place, what have you. But I would obviously shoot my own stuff, but then get other people to do their own thing. And maybe it can even be a small business 
where someone I don't know, pays ten, fifteen dollars, twenty. I don't know. I don't know what the prices are. I'm doing all this kind of on the fly. I don't even know if this is like a thing that people do. So I don't know what the metrics are to compare it to to know what the prices are. But if you know, if if you tell somebody, hey, you pay me maybe fifteen dollars is the minimum wage out here. So it's like all right, fifteen dollars for the hour or per hour that takes you to do this. But it, by the end of it, you get all the footage. Because I don't need the footage. I don't I don't get anything from that. I'm not some <laughs> I'm not trying to hoard it or like sell it to anybody. So if you get even the bad reels and the good reels and you can take it home and you can splice it together however you want. You can make it look like something something tremendous. We'll shoot it with good cameras obviously. We have some backdrops. We'll get a green screen so if you want it to look like something in the back, we can do all that stuff too. So there's some production value that goes into that as well. And I guess that's what they'd be paying for. But if you pay $15 an hour, maybe you're there for a couple hours, you end up with, you know, two really good scenes that you can use to get, like one role is going to pay for that, you know, 10 times over. If it's a BS role, it could be a really good role. I think there's a business opportunity there. There's logistics that have to work out, meaning like how my house is set up. Is it, is it accommodating for what some of the material is? So that may have to like change locations for a couple of things, but I think it's a good idea. Again, I gotta talk to people about pricing points and stuff, and that—that's what people want, man. They just like people spend hours of their time and don't get paid for it. Like they'll drive two hours to be to get one or two lines on a set, and they and they pay you with IMBD credit and some real. That's how they pay you, and so it's like, yeah. But you've wasted how much of your day for that, and even the reel you get, I don't. I think they give you the edited reel. They don't think they give you like the raw. So it may even be edited the way you like. You just get it the way they give it to you. So I think this is an opportunity for people who want more control, people who have editing power, which a lot of people do. They have the skills to do that, and I think it's a good idea. In addition to, you know, virtual training and writing programs, this is all trying to pivot. And I guess that's where all this is going. Oh, man, Marvin's calling in. All right, let's see what he's up to. Yo. Yo. What's up, man? You on the podcast. Say what's up to the people. What up to the people? Who are the people? Right I don't know. I don't know who the people are. Who was at home listening? I was actually getting close to the end of my stuff, so you came in the clutch. Well, you know, that's what I do, actually. How I, <laughs> how I live my life. I come through in the clutch. No one needs to hear that from you. That's ridiculous. It's, it's not. It's the truth. And now the people know the truth also. Well, listen, I have you on the podcast, so I guess on some level I, I subscribe to all that. But also, that's ridiculous. What you just said, <laughs> you know it's ridiculous. Probably. Probably, but it feels good. It felt right. I was I was giving them a little update on some stuff I'm working on, but they already heard it. So what are you doing to kind of pass the time during this whole thing? Um. Man, I'm shooting and missing is what I'm doing. I'm out here I'm putting them shots from everywhere, and 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 coronavirus is winning everything. You say corona's like the Cambi Matumbo out here. <laughs> the fingers just wagging. <laughs> um, not that I'm not that I'm actually trying to be in these streets, but uh, I'm locked down, homie. Like I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm just, I ain't got nothing else to do but shoot. 
Listen, I can't say I didn't even mention all this stuff, so I'm glad you brought it up. Um, the shooting game is it's, it's crazy. It's like being in a gym, doing a, the three, two, one countdown and making a shot, but nobody there to like applaud you. You get no glory for it. Well, here's the thing: you make you hit the three, two, one turnaround, and it's going in, and then the Kimbe Mutombo shows up at the YMCA <laughs> basketball court. And like, what are you doing here? Like, you you shouldn't even be here right now. <laughs> not in my house. Okay, coronavirus. You are Asian, not African. They can't be sure to, no, 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 stay in the house. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, why are you out? <laughs> you, you yeah, obviously... like, what, the, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I go tell me to stay in the house while you obviously where I'm at. So, I mean, we're both messing up, right? Like, right. Take your, take your ass back in the house. Listen, this 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 post-corona um, like lineup, though, could be could be something nice. Um, Maybe. I just feel like what's going to happen post-corona is people are still going to be scared. And then people want to accidentally end up in a relationship that shouldn't end up in a relationship. A lot of people are getting out of relationships because of Corona too, though. You gotta see it the other way. Well, no, no, I can see it, but that's that's destroying like marriages. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> like the Corona's out here fighting marriages, which is fine. Like you know, if you want to kill marriages, CV, you got it, right? <laughs> um, but the single world, like. Everyone who's like out here and sitting home and itching and you know I'm going to be celibate and celibate sounds real nice until you're COVID that sit your ass down mm. and you can't text the nigga that you thought you was going to text when shit got rough. That's true. Um, people are going to like when people my my I want to see if people gravitate to like you know a body because it's like oh my god I just have someone that I can like watch TV with it and hang out with because you know people aren't going to be ready to City Girl Summer's on on um I mean sorry Hot Girl Summer's on uh, hold right now yeah yeah that's what I mean technically we're still in the spring but I hear what you're saying like it's right, right. so people are <laughs> going to kind of like when, when they get back to the streets it's going to be like one street at a time instead of just dancing in the middle of the street that's true but here's, yeah, a, so, here's the thing though like a lot of these girls because I got to speak about girls. Because guys, we always trying to shoot. A lot of these girls have been out here on social media, like, just getting getting encouragement, getting that ego boosted. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I ain't seen a lot of uh, updated pictures from women during this corona. Seen a lot of TBTs, like, on Mondays and Wednesdays. And um, just saying, like, I, I don't know yeah, how well, people I mean, look right now. Like, it's, listen, dude. They chicks ain't been able to get their lips waxed. So... <laughs> So their gang is probably way stronger than it should be right now. Yeah, but um, baby Chewbacca's out here. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you got girls who ain't been able to get them them edges touched up. Ooh. So you got some grazes coming through. Oh no! Uh, oh, there are no. certain people who she ain't been able to go to mat in like two weeks, mm-hmm. but she's out of her foundation. And so she, the only pictures you're getting from her are like scenery pictures in the back of her hair. <laughs> <laughs> you getting any pictures of knees and feet <laughs> right. overlooking the, overlooking the forest? <laughs> I'm just I'm just in the bed chilling. Nobody wants to see your feet, man. Like, what are you doing? Like your nails are that nail polish you bought so long ago that that's coming off tomorrow. That's not even that's temporary nail polish. I you know they still made that kind of stuff. Right, like, and the only reason she got it because it's at the dollar store when she went to get some bread. Yep, she's like, man, my nails look jacked up. I gotta take this foot picture later. I gotta get this foot picture off. <laughs> So that 
mean, that's what we, listen, I can't talk. I, like, I need to shape up. I do. Listen, I you got clippers. Down. Yeah, but it's, it's still not the same as sitting down, let somebody look at you from an angle, lick their finger, put it up in the air, make sure the wind is coming the right way. <laughs> you got Tiger Woods cutting your hair, bro? <laughs> Throwing some grass up in the air and let, all right, cool, dog let left, I got this. Yep, that, but that's me. When you come out the barber, you already know you feel like a million bucks. Like I can, I can make myself look decent, but yeah. I ain't seen nobody. Like I said, I've been shooting. If someone was to take a shot, I'd go to the bathroom right now and shape it up. See, but what about the thought that you got to keep it clean for you though? Because it's like when you, as we know this, we're both black dudes. When you don't look clean, you don't even feel like yourself. You feel like you playing, you playing a role. You playing a version of who you used to be, and so. Listen, dude. I've been trying to grow my hair back out, right? And I always get to that phase, that stage where I, you can't do anything with it, right? Yep. And so because of that stage, I always end up going right back down to the season. If this shit lasts long enough, I might come out with some dreads. Like, nigga, you can't get home. Come on, like one of the Marley's. Like, Marvin, you only been locked down for six weeks. And I, got, I got the African in me, man. It grow fast, all right? Don't, don't ask no questions. <laughs> So right now I'm I'm letting it grow and I'm letting it curl, and I don't I don't feel bad because I think I look good with it. But if I can make it through that phase before CD is over, nigga, my my picture's gonna look real different. I told you, man. Like you, you see how much hair I got. I just I cut my hair into a high top fade a couple of days ago. Don't ask me how long it took. It's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time, right? I'm not gonna lie. I put my clippers down two different times because they started getting too hot. I was like, I gotta, got warm. <laughs> I gotta walk away from these clippers, bro. I was just trying to get that a little, cause I don't like. I know you cut your hair, but you don't do like fades. You just kind of, you just keep it low all over. When you're trying to yeah. do a fade, it's 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 tedious, especially when you don't got the right clippers. Like, I got wall and basic T outliners, but I don't got the real, real. You know, so it takes. Right, you ain't got the joint that you can like just literally set to fade. Exactly. That the barbers just do. Yeah. Exactly. Like it takes. I got. I use probably three different guards. Um, the T out the T outliners are solid. Like when I go to line the beer and stuff, that's cool. I got bought a new blade for that like three four months ago. But the actual hair, like when you make those lines, those and you got to start fading, man. You think oh it's gonna be like just two or three lines, fade fade fade. But you realize your hair is not trying to have it, dude. You got to be a magician. You come in at angles. You got to use the corner, the clippers. You got to like do a little up flick with it. It's a whole thing. And you said like the getting somebody from behind. I got two mirrors going. It's just a, it's a process, but that shit look clean and a bug. So, well, see, and here's the thing: all we can do is take the word from it because can't nobody see you for another month. <laughs> <laughs> now you'll see me on a Facetime call. You know we've been doing these Zoom meetings, so you'll see me. You'll see me at some point on a Facetime. You'll be like, okay, okay. Uh, well, if you got the email we got, uh, our uh, job just basically said we're not doing no more meetings. Oh yeah, yeah. Cause they, cause they had to pay us for the meetings, and they can't not do that legally. Well, no, we have the meeting. We have the meeting tomorrow, but we'll talk about that offset. But all I'm saying is, I cut my hair like that a couple of days ago because I wanted to practice it. Just like when I, just like when I made the pie, I wanted to practice it because I was like, if I do it poorly, I got plenty of time to come back. And get it right. I didn't want to cut it like on April 28th and be like back to work on the first with a new hat. Like, yo, why you been wearing hats lately? I don't. I don't want to get it to right. that. Yeah. But it turned out all right. So I feel confident. I'll probably do it two more times before we got to go back to do stuff. But I've, I've been wanting to have one 
since you've known me, basically, I've had, you know, I had a frohawk at one point and a little, little taper phase, but I never did the full high top just because I didn't want to, I didn't want to risk it. Right, right. I mean, listen, dude, that is a, that is a risky proposition. The last time we've seen it done well was uh, Kid and Play, and that was what, 92? No, so, you got you to gotta, you gotta give Norris Cole some love. Norris Cole had that boy looking real crispy. No, no, no. North North Cole was, was straight. Um, my man Chaz with Dormtainment, his joint has, has been official for the last what, five six years. I've, I've seen some good shape. I'm, I'm yeah, not this, listen, Kid and Play had the ultimate, but like Norris Cole was an average basketball player, but his hair game, his hair didn't move. I don't know how you run for three hours and sweat and it just don't go nowhere. It didn't come down. It ain't move. You can hit it. It didn't like have no dents in. I'm like, dude, is that concrete in there? Like. I watched one barber do the same thing to my kid. My kid had a high top fade, mm-hmm. and he didn't pick it out. He let it mat down. Oh no! And so he cut it so that when it was matted, it was flawless. That's beautiful. So what happened was when when my kid would pick it out and he would pat it back down, it would go back to flawless. That's pretty good. And he said he said it works for kids. He said it doesn't like adults would hate it. He was like, but it works for kids because it allows them to shape it. I was like, all right. So my kids, my kids' high top was fresh for like three weeks. That's a long time for a haircut, though, especially how much they cost out here. That's why I don't go to the Probably barber. Good, like, dude, these, these haircuts out here are ridiculous. Listen, I see you every time we have a show or when you have a big audition or some crazy <laughs> date coming in looking all you know, fresh. You, listen, nigga. <laughs> you look like... You look like you act. You know what I'm saying? You look good, you feel good, you act good. <laughs> I see. I'd be so salty. Cause I'd be at work, you know, all morning. And then you'll come in at noon. What's up, y'all? I'm like, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he think he is coming in here with this fresh? The beard be all clean, trimmed down a little bit. You got you got, you got, you got an extra pep in your step. You got the SpongeBob zone. I see you, man. Yeah. Like, it's... Listen, dude, I do it. regret like my you know you know my biggest thing is I, I keep mine clean pretty much every three or four days I, I clean it up so you never see me too too far gone uh which is cool just because you never know when you got to be ready that's kind of why that's why I bought clippers eight years ago because I had to get ready for something and I had to be ready then and I wasn't and I looked like an absolute bum oh, and no. yeah man it was like a hey man this chick is coming over she's bringing a friend I'm like how do you mean coming over I mean she's like 10 minutes away and I was like and I had a big decision to cut your hair, like take a shower, basically. And I was like, "Well, I'm, I gotta take a shower. You gotta be clean." But the edges were a little suspect. Like I, I threw, I threw a beanie on, trying to be cool, but it was like hot. So I was like, "Man, why are you wearing that inside?" I was like, "Huh? You don't feel that?" And I was like, "Nah, bro." And I had to take it off, and it was just like I think she was down. I think she was feeling me, but I, just, I wasn't feeling myself. Is what happened. And so yeah. she was, she was talking to me, and I was just like, "Yeah, yeah." There's plenty of other good guys out there in these streets for you. I just don't know what I can offer you. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have anything to offer, bro. I was like, if you can, if you come back on a Monday, maybe we'll have a job opening. But at the moment, we're uh, we're at capacity. I'm sorry. 
It was right. rough, man. And I was, and he was like, man, why are you being so weird? I'm like, because he had gone to the barber knowing the girl that he had coming over was coming over. So he was extra crispy. And I was just like, whatever. It was like a Thursday night. I was like, I, I'll do it over the weekend. Wrong. Wrong. And I said, never again, bro. That was God's way of saying, yeah, it could have been you. But you playing. Well, you was there. You was there that day. Um, I can't. I can't say who was in the gym, but you remember. I remember. I was like, no, I'm. I'm gonna get my hair cut. Oh yeah. Tomorrow. Yep, I remember. And she came to the gym, and she was all smiling in my face. And, I, and all I could think about was, were <laughs> today for real. It was tragic. That was the saddest and I she, ever seen you. And, and you saw it because she was just like, <laughs> I was just like, I don't, I don't, I can't. I'm not shooting. I don't even want you. You looked, you looked on. I never seen you have both hands in your pocket at any point. <laughs> Why are you standing there with both hands in his pocket? You like, you just need to cover yourself. It looked, you looked uncomfortable. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I didn't like it. That, that's exactly what it was. I was uncomfortable. <laughs> I was, I was uncomfortable. I was like, yo, I'll get it tomorrow. Literally, we had just talked about it, and she came and she was like, oh my god, and I was like, are you? You gonna give me all this smoke right now while I'm looking like okay, that's cool. Listen, I felt bad for you as a friend, as a comedian though. It was fantastic. And listen, I felt like <laughs> Rasheed Wallace when he uh, came back with his second stint with Fitz and stuff. Just like you, just not gonna shape up nothing, Marvin. Nothing, nothing. You like you just were doing a role of like a homeless man. Like you just weren't here for it. And that's the thing, like. It shouldn't. This is this is probably speaks to a bigger thing. Just like why, you know, dudes gotta go go out and get J's and all that. And like, it, it, it you shouldn't be that attached to it. Sure, I get that. But I treat it like my room and my house. Like, I think when your room is clean, you feel like you're being an adult. You feel like you're doing some real stuff. When your car is straight, you feel like you're doing some good things. I feel like when you look the part, then you you say you look like you feel it. So the idea that yeah, can you pull a girl? With your beard scraggly, yeah, we, we both been there before. Of course, of course you can. You, we, we're comics; we can make people laugh, but it don't feel the same, right? And it's like they're getting a lesser version. Because listen, we're in L.A. These girls don't take too many days off. Okay, that, that's just the fact. They don't take too many days off. Like they may take four hours to be ready for a seven a.m. like spin class, but they don't take a lot of time off. So the idea that oh, you know, she had an off day, I had an off day, we both off. It's way more likely that you're going to have an off day than she will out here. So, when they have off days, oh, it's a rough one, let me tell you, you know? Listen, dude, we've, we've seen some off days. And the thing is, like, I, I have this, I, we all do, we have this We have this face, right? right? Where it's like, you're not sharp, sharp, but the hair curls over just right, the beard is looking full, and it's like, it doesn't have to be super clean, but it's like, this is my handsome scruff face right right so i rock in my handsome scruff face because you know that's just i'm comfortable there the problem with the handsome scruff face is, is you got 24 to 48 hours <laughs> of handsome scruff face <laughs> and if you blink and miss it it's over yeah and, it and never, that's what happened yeah. I, was, yeah. I was in a handsome scruff phase. And then I looked, and I was like, oh, I got to get my hair cut. And then I turned the corner, and she was like, hey. And I was like, get the fuck. <laughs> my hair was crossed, ended literally 30 minutes before she walked into the gym, and I couldn't do nothing about it. Yeah. 
I have this I have this joke that I tell. Um, this is it's a dumb joke, but it's kind of real. Like you, me, and my mom are about the same complexion, and I always tell people like we only have like a two hour window to take selfies where the sun is like at its highest point, and then you gotta wait till tomorrow. <laughs> so it's like when it's two oh one, bro, you miss the window. Come back tomorrow, and it's like that's that's what happened. Like you was like, all right, cool. She come in by eight. I'm good, but she showed up like at nine thirty, and I was like, oh. it was over. It yeah, was over, over. You guys see me at breakfast time, girl. I was crushing it, but it is, it is, it is definitely a weird thing. It's almost like the idea of even like staying in shape during this time is kind of weird. I know you did your the online video for the people just so you can take your shirt off. I get it, but I didn't take my shirt off. I'm thinking about doing it tomorrow, but I didn't take my shirt off yet last time. So you know, progress, adulthood. <laughs> but like. You know what? You know what's happening now, and this is kind of a weird kind of comparison, but I think it works. There's that whole thing about when you get in a relationship, you start gaining weight because you're with somebody and you don't have to look as sexy as you normally do, and so you just you slowly pawn on five here, you know, three, four more. Next thing you know, you ten, twelve pounds up, but you got somebody, so you're like, well, they still like me. And since we're inside, and we know we'll be here for like the next month, it's like I had every intention of working out today. I'm not gonna lie to you. I woke up at like eight o'clock spry i'm like all right i'm working out today and it's nine o'clock now and i'm not gonna lie to you i've i've been i've been actively not looking at my weights i've been, <laughs> I've been walking past i'm like an ex-girlfriend like just like looking away like yeah that you see me and just because like i'll just do it tomorrow who's gonna who's gonna matter if i, if I go to the grocery store yeah maybe listen these, these grocery store um the checkout girls they are. They got. They got. They got the the, the eyes right now because they like. Listen, we all cooped up. It's like, did you find your eggs okay? Yeah, they were in section two where it says eggs. Why you? Why you? Right. You better chill out. Okay. Listen, dude. They get the hunt. They got jobs. Yeah. Their life is the same. There's only certain people that are combined to the quarantine. Yeah. They gotta go work every day. Put on them latex gloves so they don't take off and touch everything with all day long. But you know. Whatever. <laughs> it's a, it's definitely a different experience, man. What kind of um, creative stuff have you been doing? I told them, and I'll tell you now, that I've been writing a series of scripts, like like mini scripts, mostly for the purpose of getting a reel of of, of showing different parts of your acting capabilities. So like, there'll be one comical one, there'll be one drop the dramatic one, one that mixes them. One that's you opposite a guy, you opposite a girl, that kind of stuff. And they, and but they're not part of larger scripts. They're, they're independent of any other script, but you don't need the other part of the supposed script for this to make sense. So it'd be like a couple, like breaking up, but like neither one wants to pull the trigger. So they're like getting in bed, and they just kind of, they kind of tiptoeing around each other, and they just they just have the conversation about why they're breaking up, and all of it comes out in there. You don't have to know their 10-year marriage you just need to know this moment because we've all been there you've been to the place where this is not going well but neither one wants to be like hey you think this is going well and it just kind of it we, we had to talk or you know like two brothers fighting or like a mom and her daughter that kind of thing like you know the fight doesn't need context or if the context you need will come out in the script and so because they're all disjointed like it's Depending on my mood, that's how I'm going to write it. So if I'm, if I'm in a happy mood, I'll probably write the comic one. If I'm in a kind of, you know, if I'm in a doldrums or I'm in a sunken place or something, then I may be more dramatic. And so that's kind of how it's coming out. But it's giving me something to do. 
And when it's done, the goal will be to allow other actors and actresses who don't have like extensive reels to be able to get some on tape, kind of like our self tape shop from from the show, um, to get some on on film. And then like you, that will give them the raw footage, and they can edit it how they want to, and they can kind of figure out what they want to do with it. But I think it's there's something there. I just gotta figure out some logistics to it. But whatever, that's part of what I've been working on. So okay, what do you? I know, I know you've been writing multiple scripts and jokes and all that, so what have you been working on, though? Yeah, so I have I have um, two bits that I'm working on. Um, one is, I told you before, I had a joke called Titty Braille. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, so I, I liked Titty Braille, but I didn't love Titty Braille. So I, you know, I went back and I was like, well, what can I do to fix Titty Braille? And so I like where Teddy Braille is now, you know, but until I get it up on stage and can actually hear it and get feedback, it's just something that I wrote on paper. Sure. Um, I made a major pass on my pilot uh, sports club, uh, yep. which is like the third, that 30 minute uh, thing that I'm doing. So once we, it's, it's legitimately at a point now that once we get, you know, away from social distancing, I'm going to set up a table read and have my my people's come through read so I can hear it, and then um, I have two avenues of people that are kind of you know like Marvin. I really want to read this, uh, which could you know turn into something big. Sure, there you go. Uh, and then I've been working on this. Uh, the big thing is I've been working on this. Um, I hated the way Game of Thrones ended. Like I never seen it, so I have no opinion on this. Go ahead. All right, so I'll give it to you like this. It's like, um, do you have a do you have a, a trilogy of movies that you really love? Like all three of them. All three? Ooh, maybe Batman's the only three because Lord of the Rings. Maybe I mean it's probably the second one, but it's three hours long each, which is ridiculous. It's probably the Batman trilogy. It's probably the best three. Okay. Okay. So the Batman trilogy with. Um, Christian Bale, right? Yeah, of course. There's no other trilogy. Right. <laughs> they, 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 they didn't so, do that. So imagine, so imagine, right, like, you, you just had Heath Ledger, like, you're watching this, this series, and, like, Heath Ledger does what he does. Right. And then you go to the next one, and Bane is a, a full-grown man. As he and is. And you're like, man, you can't get better than this. Yes, and the fire then, rises. And then they go to Batman and Robin um, <laughs> without killing <laughs> And you go, wait, what? So they, what? What am I watching? So they pulled a Spider-Man 3 on you, is what you're saying? what you say? They pulled a Spider-Man 3 on you, where Spider-Man 1 and 2 with Tobey Maguire were phenomenal, and then they went 3 with Venom, and, and, and Topher and, Grace. And they pulled in, right. um, was yeah. it Topher Grace yep, Venom? Tom, yep, from that, that 70 show. Yep. Right. And the yeah, Sandman, so and yeah, yeah. Yep. They pulled so Spider-Man 3. So for, what, 7, 8 years? was fire and then all of a sudden it was just like they didn't know it was like they forgot everything that they were doing oh, man. so I hated the way it ended so I said alright well let me instead of complaining about it I, I actually write and I create so what can I do and so I had this this fantastic idea actually which is kind of which is inspired by the Punic Wars okay um for those that have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, the Punic Wars are when um, 
Carthage, an African state, uh, and Rome were beefing for years on years on years. So there were three Punic Wars. And in one of those Punic Wars, Hannibal the Great took elephants across the Mediterranean, went over the Alps, and occupied Italy. It was one of the biggest military accomplishments in the world. Um, and we don't hear a lot about it, and there's all these other things, so I figured to set my world kind of in that same um, Roman, Greek, city-state age. Okay. Um, and I, I kind of like where it is and, and, and how it's growing. But that, it's time-consuming. So a lot of times I sit down and I feel like I don't get anything done. And then when I look back, I go, oh, I got some shit done. I was, I was talking about that same thing with them actually earlier. I feel like I'm, we're talking about our kids now. Um, I said when you sit down and you write, sometimes it's just you looking at the page. And some days you write a little bit and you don't you don't know how it's going until the week is over. And you look back and say, oh, I did a lot. Even though a couple of days you may not have done anything, a couple of days you go in and you just go in. And you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the bag now. Like, like you don't even want to get from the chair. You want to get any water. You feel like I'm on it. And then you just like, what am I writing <laughs> the other day? Like, what is this? This ain't good. And you just go. You don't. You never yeah, know. So, so I'm excited because the, the outline looks good. Uh, the characters, like I've, I've, I've gotten ten plus characters. I'm figuring out the kingdoms. I'm figuring out what they're actually warring over. Because even though it's based on the Punic Wars, it's still a fantasy, mm-hmm. and it gives a lot of space to kind of like live and breathe. Um, but race does show itself. Course. And this because I mean we're talking Africans versus Romans, so we talking the original black versus white come see us. Um, <laughs> come see us. Black versus white so, on site, like on site. Right, <laughs> like, it's on on site. You listen, dude. So it so there there are going to be elements of race. There are going to be elements of magic. There's going to be elements of war. There's going to be battles. And I'm like, man, I thought I was a good writer. This shit is hard. So I want to apologize to the niggas who wrote Game of Thrones because I was like, listen, I did that for all them years. I apologize. So you saying this is going to be better than the ending of Game of Thrones? Niggas, don't, don't do that. Just stop. stop. I'm, I'm asking, what do you mean don't do that? I've never seen the show. So I don't even know. Even if you told me it will be, I don't have any context to it. I'm asking, like, you, I'm asking you, is that what you're saying? Now, either you're saying it or you ain't saying it. I watch Five Heartbeats. I watch Five Heartbeats. And when they was introduced as better than The Temptations, the niggas got booed immediately. They came on stage. He was like, they said they were better than Temptations, and the niggas booed them off rip. All I'm saying is, so you say you don't want the expectations. You just want the you want the work to do what it does. Yes, I want you to come out or sit your ass on the couch, sit down, and and fall into the world and go, man, that dude is cool. That dude's an asshole. I kind of like this dude, and then I kind of don't. Oh, wait, I do. No, I don't. Like, I I want. I want at the end of each episode or each read um, for people to go to, to, to start to think more outside the box. Because one of the things I want to do is present present things that we discuss in a way that you don't see it until later, if that makes sense. Well, I'm sure it will once it's done, even if it doesn't now. But Yeah. Listen, so, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna put that undue pressure on you. I was just I was reading the tea leaves. It seemed like you were saying 
Game of Thrones for six or seven years is perfect. The last season they dropped the ball, so I picked up and ran it in. That's what it sounded like you were saying. Now, if you're saying, uh, if I'm hearing this wrong, what I said is they they dropped the ball and I picked it up. Like, I'm not sure what I'm doing with the ball right now. Okay. I'm a lineman. I'm an offensive lineman that picked up the ball. Okay. What I can do is I may be able to make it to the end zone, okay. or it could be a catastrophe. I could fumble, and then James Harrison can go 99 yards the other way. That's true. Right before, right before halftime, and um, change the whole game. Listen, I heard what you're saying, dude. Listen, we're in an age, and I mentioned this earlier. I hope I hope you've seen this, where we're where the number one Netflix show is The Tiger King. I don't know if you've seen this ridiculous show. But... I haven't seen it yet. I'm finishing the Vietnam <laughs> War documentary now. Okay. But once that's done, I'm gonna watch Tiger King. You gotta watch it, dude. I don't know what's going on with this world that this exists. <laughs> that this is the number one show on Netflix where everyone's at home, and this is it's been number one all week. It's been dominating. Netflix has been trying to force feed you Burt Kreischer's new special. People were like, nah, son, what's up with that Tiger King? <laughs> Listen, I've been, I've been, like I said, I've been, I've been out here shooting hard. Of course. We both and are. every place I've been shooting, been like, I'm like, oh, hey, so what you up to? Watching Tiger King, this shit is crazy. I'm like, what the fuck? It's, it is, it's, you know what it is? It's a lot of what the Flavor of Love show was when it first came out, the Osbournes when it first came out, even even the real world, where it was like, <clears throat> I don't, this is a bad show, objectively. Like, this is not a good show. You can just step back and be like, this is not well made. But it's, you're so caught up in it because the characters are so ridiculous. These are... And these, but these are real people, though, right? They're all real people. And they're playing themselves. Like, that's like, they're a couple, like, little reenactments. But most of the people that you're hearing from are them. They're talking about themselves. It's not, these aren't fourth-hand accounts. It's, I did a deal with this guy. I'm the dude they're talking about. It's like, wait a minute. So you get to hear the people talk about themselves, and you get to hear the, like, like the people that they offended. He's like, I can't work with Marvin. Marvin's a jerk. And then they'll have you on camera. Marvin's like, i never been a jerk a day in my life. <laughs> So it's not it's, so it's not like the Hernandez thing where he's dead and then we're hearing everybody talk about him. This is right. the people involved are talking about themselves. Like I can't stand my oh, ex-wife, and she was like, "Well, he was never a good husband to me anyway." I'm like, "Well, what's going on?" <laughs> like, yeah. it is trash, but it's like it's like it's a. I, I guess this is what raccoons look for when they go through the trash. They 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 go through the trash trying to find something edible, and that's what we got in the Tiger King. Where you're got like, it. this is awful, but also I need more of this in my life. I can't look away. Yeah, train wreck. I told I told the people I was up to like one thirty in the morning watching one night. I'm like, I need to go to sleep, but damn, I gotta know what happens next. Why? Tiger you didn't have nothing to do in the morning. <laughs> well, yeah. Made up all you wanted. Yes, I, I could I could be that kid in college the, the first day he's not home with no curfew. But there's consequences the next morning. But it's like, my body said it's time to go to sleep. But my mind said, we need to know more about Tiger King. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. So I'm on I'm on episode seven of this, this Vietnam War joint. Which, here's the thing. If you're actually looking for something to stimulate your mind, it's a fantastic documentary. Right. What's it called? Hmm? What's it called? Uh, the Vietnam War. That's, oh, okay. that's what it's called. All right, but it, it's like seven or eight episodes. Like it's one of those really long documentaries. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it sets up Vietnam from like literally the end of World War II. 
and it's 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 a dope story. It's kind of kind of fucks your head. Kind of shows you how stupid we are as Americans. Our politics, like it's it's a. I'm loving it because it's stimulating my brain. So at the end of this, I can turn that shit off for for some Tiger King. You don't need Tiger King to get over LBJ and everybody else. Like, like you gonna need some Tiger King in your life. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, because these niggas is exhausting. Yeah, it's like. Like, the U.S. government literally went to went and fought a war that they actually didn't believe in, but just because someone yelled communism, they was like, oh, well, looks like we got to fight now. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Anyway. Yeah, they actually, I'm, I'm going to say this, and then we'll start wrapping up. They actually reference the Vietnam War and, like, the, um, the Art of War documentary that I saw some time ago, like the book, The Art of War. And okay. you're talking about one of the one of the principles are if you're going to war, you need the backing of the country for it to be successful. And if you lose the yeah. people, you lose the war, even if you're actually winning the war. And so what happened is we started losing. We lost the press. We lost the media coverage of the war. And people <laughs> here thought we were losing the war, even though we had our numbers were better. We were people just weren't enchanted with it. And they were like, why are we there? We shouldn't even be. It's kind of what happened with um, Afghanistan a little bit, too. But people are like, listen. We get it. They did nine eleven, possibly, but what's happening? Like, are we winning? Are we losing? Once you lose the people, then we lose the war. And they talk about like all through history, the number of times when like leaders have been like, if we just stay committed to this, we'll be all right. And the people were just like, nah, we're not with this, fam. And they just had to pull out of a war, or just or the person got voted out of office, basically. And it's a really interesting like perspective because people don't know why we're over there, like. We talk about the Tet Offensive and all that stuff. And they'd be like, what, what's happening right now? People jump out of trees, stabbing our soldiers. Why are we there? And we lost well, people. That's the, that's the craziest thing is, not as you, like you just said, I just watched the episode was about the Tet Offensive. And like at the end of the Tet Offensive, numbers-wise, we killed 20,000 soldiers. Yeah. Right? And right. I think we may have lost 900. But the people were like, you said this war was almost over. Yeah. We they got 20,000 people for y'all to kill. <laughs> <laughs> y'all said it was done. Y'all just killed 20,000 more, which means 80,000 troops are still over there and you need more of us? Nah, we're not with it. And that's like, the Tet Offensive ended, should have ended the war. And any other war, it would have been the end of the war, right? It's like, it's like when German, Germany lost Stalingrad. Right. Um, when they were trying to, when they were pushing into Russia. And then all of a sudden, it was just, they were on this massive retreat. The North Koreans had lost the Tet Offensive. If America literally would have just stayed the course, the Vietnam War is over. But they still didn't know what they were actually fighting for. Yeah. I think that's the real problem. Niggas was really like, Why we, we don't want communism to spread. And it's like, nigga, nobody's over here fighting <laughs> for communism. I got niggas just tripping. Yep. But it was like, are you saying they pulled an 03 Bush and say mission accomplished and then we just kept fighting? <laughs> no, nah, nigga, like, it's the opposite. Like, we didn't say mission accomplished. We were just like, like we, the we media left. was like. <laughs> kind of, we still have people like, over there, actually, but. Yeah. We went there and should have won the war. And I say we as being an American. Of course. And, but <clears> like you said, popular opinion was like, y'all niggas is buzzing. Yeah. And that was, that was it. And it was, it was all downhill from there. We just said, we basically left and said, hey, are we square? I was like, what are you talking about? We're going to leave some people behind. 
and not talk about this again. <laughs> just like moon walked out, just moon walked out of Vietnam. Like, whew, that was a that was a disaster. But let's just move on, baby. Like, you know, I feel like that never happened. Like, are we square? It's like, we're not. Like, all right, well, it's worth a try. <laughs> You gotta turn the other cheek, baby. They might be more forgiving than you think. But um, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap the podcast up now. Where can people find you on social media and all that good stuff? Since they got nothing else to do. Hey, uh, so on social media, find me. You can find me on Instagram uh, at Marvin Telp. You can find me on Twitter at Marvin Telp. I started tweeting again, getting out of pocket. Um, <laughs> I'm on Facebook, Marvin Tell, because that's my name and I didn't come up with anything more creative. That's all right. So, you put it in, you find me, new content's on the way, uh, come laugh, come work out, let's get through this, the rest of this quarantine together. Hey man, I like it. Well guys, this has been the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. Uh, check us out. There'll be more episodes like this. I had a few more people who want to call in during the course of the week and get some stuff off. So we're going to do like a whole quarantine series, basically, of people who want to call in and talk shit. Uh, Marvin's the first one. So, you know, he came through in the clutch right before we end it, as he is known to do. And uh, I told you, I just, I'm a hero. I can't be anything else. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes, sir. All right, you're you're done. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch you guys next time. Uh, stay safe. Make sure you drink plenty of fluids, take your vitamins and all that. Don't be around a bunch of people having parties at your house. People don't be dumb. And we'll talk to you all next time. Deuces. Hey.